dead than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. Well, well, well. Today was a little bit of a difficult day coming up with a topic, but I think I have something, something kind of half-baked, but hey, you know, that's me. You know what I said? Anyway, it's a nice pretty day out and I'm still recovering, so this is what you get. This is what you get. Well, I want to talk about my buddy Lester Dent, and we will talk about that after this. Anyway, before we do that, I have a voicemail from Dan Sisnak who wants to ask me about deities and things like that. So go ahead, Dan. Hey, Glenn. DM Dan here. Glad to see you're back podcasting again after your break. So when I saw the episode called The God Card, I was thought it was going to be something else, actually. I thought you were going to talk about uh, deities and intervention and using uh, deities and demigods in your in your game system. I remember back when I used to play back in my college years, back in really early 90s, we used to have a lot of interaction with the deities. That's just kind of how we played our game. Don't really do that much anymore. Um, usually we play in Roll20, but our role-playing doesn't really include deities. I don't really focus on them. Just wondering if you, uh, how you play deities in your campaign. Obviously with the cleric, they're going to call upon them, but I remember there were times when my characters would get in a pickle and they would pray on their god and ask for them to come and do an intervention. And It was kind of interesting, a little more simple at the time, but just wondered how you uh, deal with that. Glad, uh, glad you're back. Hope you're feeling better. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. Well, you know, Hmm. Deities, yes, I have deities in my game, but they don't really figure very prominently, even though I do have clerics in my game. I just treat them as religious magic users, basically. I've had a few, like, artifacts from deities before, but I really haven't done anything with deities. Maybe I should. Maybe you're right. Maybe I should start delving into more of the history of this stuff and any kind of demigods or gods that I come up with that these guys worship or the ones that are already in the system or whatever. I've seen some of my friends do some really nice things with them, but I have not done it myself. But thank you for giving me a, putting a bee in my bonnet about that. And thanks for thanks for sending the, email, the voicemail. Okay, what I was going to talk about is one of my people I really love is Lester Dent. I've never met the man. The man died in the 50s, I think, 49, somewhere around there. And those of you who don't know, there's people who do know out there, but so those of you who don't know, he was a Pulp Fiction writer, and he was the one who created and wrote a lot of stories for Doc Savage. And he once published a something that, how to write a Pulp story. And he shows you how to write a a 6,000-word pulp short story. And he breaks it down into four acts, and which is 1,500 words each. And so he just goes through them, one, two, three, four. And I love that. I love that. I think it's so handy to come up with an adventure with. I mean, i got several ways to do it. And you've heard most of them on here. 
But I think his way is kind of, it really gets you thinking. Let me put it that way. If you can find it on the, just, just Google Lester Dent. And even on his, uh, if you go to his Wikipedia page, they do have a link to that article on Dirty 30's website. So check it out. I was just going to go over it briefly. In fact, it's so good that one of my supplements that I use for uh, Savage World's Thrilling Tales, which to me is the, the, the reference for pulp, not only for Savage Worlds, but for any other kind of system. I may have a pulp system I'm going to review here soon, but for this, it was written by Gareth Michael Sharkey. He's having some trouble, you know, he's in trouble right now with other stuff, other game systems. But he wrote Thrilling Tales and a lot of the supplements originally for the D20 system. And he converted it all over to Savage Worlds, which I think works better. And he liked Lester Dent stuff so much that when you put it, we put an adventure generator in the back here, he based it on that article. And he go, Lester Dent goes through stuff like, here's how to create a 6,000 world pulp, word pulp adventure story. And you can apply this to generating adventures too, which he does. Here's how I'll try I'll try to break it down real quick. Here's how it starts, pretty much. You come up with uh, two, three of these things, at least one. A different murder method for the villain to use. Assumably it's a murder mystery. But it could be anything. It could be any genre, anything like that. A different murder method for a villain to use. A different Two, a different thing for the villain to be seeking. Three, a different locale. And four, a menace which is hanging like a cloud over the hero, or heroes in this case. And so those are the four, those things you should establish right off the bat. That gets into the four-act structure. And let's see, the first act, he says... Or near there too as possible, introduce the hero and swat him with a fistful of trouble. Okay, you can introduce a hero, a PC, or maybe a few PCs. Or all of them and swat them with a fistful of trouble. And that could be anything. It doesn't have to be a fight. It could be somebody got kidnapped, you know, something like that. Or some kind of disaster that happens. And then he goes and introduce all other characters as soon as possible, bring them in on the action. I'm going to sort of a kind of a a quick of I'm just going to nail the main points he's trying to nail here because he does ask you in certain spots like, you know, in the certain acts, okay, is it suspenseful, all this other stuff, things you can read in the article. And then, you know, act two is more trouble, which is. Let's see, second act, heroes being heroic struggles and their struggles lead to another physical conflict and a surprising plot twist. And so think about what you're, what you're heading for and try and come up with a twist on that. Some kind of twist. Doesn't have to be major, it could be minor. And it also says the third act. Hero makes some headway, corners the villain or somebody in physical conflict. Surprising plot twist in which the hero probably gets it in the neck bad to end the act. In other words, more trouble, 
He has another twist there. He fights the villain and he's down, down for the count. Not really down, but I mean, you know, things are as bad as they're going to get, you think. The, re the reader thinks. You know, just pile on the trouble. And in the fourth act, the hero extricates himself using his own skill, training, or brawn. The mysteries remaining, one big one held over his, to this point, will help grip interest, are cleared up in the course of final conflict as hero takes the situation in hand, turns around the situation, to me, turns around the situation, and triumphs. That's the idea. That's the way it should go. But as we know, PCs being PCs, you can still follow this. You can still, I mean, not saying follow it, I don't like railroads, but you can use, still use this as a framework for things. And this is a good case for starting at the ending. Where do you want it to end up? And then work backwards from there. And you can plan your 4X structure after you get that. You know, what's the villain's plan, all that kind of stuff. So there's that. And also, I used to think, back back in the 40s, okay, here's another story. Here's something else that helps. Back in the 40s, MGM, rather Irving Thalberg, I think it was Irving Thalberg, I don't know who it was, came up with a plot structure that basically the heroes are doing what heroes do. And at one point near the third, around the third act, the heroes have to have a low point. And you saw that in the third act here. They have to have a low point where they're just down. They're being held down. They're being stopped. They're just, they don't know what to do because they don't know what to do, but then they rally. They rally. They figure out some way they can take the situation into hand, deal with it, defeat the whatever's opposing them, and triumph. And in the 40s, it seemed like MGM in particular and Hollywood in general, they would they would follow the, the big the big movies, they would follow this. MGM started following it slavishly. They came up with the idea around the time uh, the Marx Brothers did a night at the opera. Tharberg built that in a day at the races for them, and it was the same structure. Well, then Thalberg died. And the people following him weren't as brilliant as he was. So they were just like the next few Marx Brothers films and other films, other comedy films, other films that they made would follow the structure like clockwork slavishly. And to me, that's too much that you do not have, you should not do that. But it's something to keep in mind. That's a structure right there that fits into that 4X structure that Lester Dent came up with. So there's some things to think about. I'd really like to come up with some kind of, I don't know, some handout, something I can write down to part of the, you know, following the adventure for the, for the GM. But I have to think about that in some kind of form. I don't know. But anyway. Anyway, there's some things to go on to. Try, let's look for Lester Dent. Google Lester Dent. Great stuff. That's a great article. Google it and find it. Read it. Know it. <laughs> anyway, I got to go start my day. So... I am going to say if you want to talk about this or anything else, oldmangrognargmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail on Anchor. Many people do. We are monetized so as little as 99 cents a month. You too can help support this program, and I would thank you.
Thanks again to Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. Thanks, guys. Don't forget Dan Gregg's Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast. Mark C. Walring's The Young Albert Podcast. Big John Allen Larges, The Red Dice Diaries. And my friend and cohort, Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.